Welcome to Passports and Postcards, where we discuss everything travel, from cultural inspirations to exciting destinations and everything in between. With your host, Randall McKeown. Welcome. Today we'll be talking about a journey six years in the making. Yes, that big adventure I might have talked about in earlier podcasts about my trip to South Africa. We originally booked the trip in 2016. It was one of these ones where you could pay over time. Our plan was to use the trip in 2018, but due to health issues, we were not able to go in 2018, and uh, we moved it forward to 2020. Well, of course, everybody knows what happened in 2020. So the tour operator was nice enough to allow us to extend it till 2022. So... There was a lot of things in between 2016, and we actually took the trip in 2022. There's a lot of issues with the tour operator here in North America. So Go Touchdown Tours was a company. I highly recommend that you don't use them. If you want to know of uh, reputable companies to use, please contact me, and I will let you know which ones to use if you're going to South Africa. But please do not book through North America's Go Touchdown Tours. Not to say that Touchdown DMC in South Africa are bad, because the people there, they're amazing. So let's get into the story. So as I said, we booked this trip in 2016. The idea was to spend one week in Cape Town, a second week north of Johannesburg on safaris. So we planned the trip, and then we decided there's going to be a long journey from Toronto to someplace in Europe and into South Africa because there was no direct flights. So we were contemplating on where to make our break. You know, we could have flown to London, could have flown to Paris. We decided to fly to Amsterdam. So uh, booking our airline tickets, we booked with KLM. Uh, reputable company, no issues from what I've heard in the past. And we decided that, where are we going to stay when we arrive in Amsterdam? Well, I did some research and I found out a place called Zandam, which is just north of Amsterdam. It's a couple of train stops north of the city. So that's where we stayed. So uh, we, we flew in into uh, Schiphol Airport. Well, let me just backtrack a bit. Let's start off with Toronto International Airport. As I just talked about in my previous podcast that was released about the status of airports, we really had no issues at Toronto International Airport. We had a good family friend drive us to the airport, which uh, was very helpful, so we did thank thank her very much for doing that. And we did as we were told. We got there four hours early, we got through security and everything, and we took advantage of the KLM lounge. I'd say if you're traveling anywhere, please book the lounge, if, especially if you have a long wait, especially nowadays it's four hours, or even if you have a layover between uh, flights, if you're stopping in a city and you have a layover, book the lounges. So we arrived in Amsterdam. It was uh, an overnight flight, so we landed early in the morning. And uh, I watched some YouTube videos just so I have an idea of the airport walking around, where th- what things to do. 
And one of the first things we had to do is uh, find our luggage, which we were able to find our luggage. Then we came to the main hall um, where all the connections for the trains are. I found the Sprinter booth and bought a three-day pass, which allowed us access to all the trains surrounding Amsterdam and area. This was very handy, and we were asking where to go to get the train. So the lady at the booth just pointed over and said track one and two. We went to track one and two. We weren't sure where to go. We took the elevator down because we had our luggage with us and our carry-ons. We met a nice security gentleman down below. He told us which train to take, and then he asked us if we tapped in, which we had not. You know, just like... For those who live in Ontario, if you're using Go Transit um, in the Toronto area, you have to tap and then get on the train. So I had to go back upstairs with our two cards, tap them both in, and come back down. Because it was a Saturday, there was no uh, direct route by train to Zandem. So we had to take the train, uh, I believe it was one stopper, and we got off and got on another train. But we did manage to get our way to. Uh, Zamdam and to our hotel, which was a beautiful hotel called Intel Hotel. And this looked like a bunch of Dutch homes stacked on top of each other, eight or nine, ten stories tall. Uh, there is a nice, lovely pedestrian area. So when you actually come out to train station in Zandam, you're in this, like, I would call it Legoland. It's, uh, it's very unique, very picturesque. And uh, a pedestrian area, so it was easy to maneuver around. And it was a short walk from the train station to the hotel. So when we got to the hotel, we asked them, because we were there mighty early, like check-in was at 3 p.m., and I think we were there around 8, 8.30 in the morning, if they could stow our luggage for us until it was time for check-in, which they graciously did for us. And we were able to go out and walk around and look for a fine place to eat uh, breakfast at. So we found a place called Beans and Bagels, and we had a tea with tea leaves, and I had a tomato bagel with uh, cream cheese, jam, and uh, slices of oranges, and a full glass of orange juice, which was a good way to start off the morning. We walked around a little bit, but we were totally exhausted, so we just returned to the hotel lobby. We knew later in the day that uh, we had Viator were going to come and take us to see the windmills in an area called Zanshans, uh, just north of where we were. So we did what we could to keep ourselves occupied. And I looked over and I see my wife dozing off quite a bit. Don't blame her. It's been a long journey already. But uh, it was interesting, people watching there in the lobby, watching people come in you know, people come back from shopping, they're trying to stuff stuff into their suitcases, might have been their last day there. Very interesting to watch. So as closer to 2 o'clock when our Viator bus was supposed to come pick us up, uh, the hotel staff said they could check us in. I said, well, no, not right now because our, our tour was about to start and we were going to go to uh, Zanshan's to see the um, windmills. We waited and waited and, uh, you know, so 2 o'clock they're supposed to come, nothing came, 2.30, nothing, quarter three, still nothing. So I said, look, enough, I don't know what's happening. I had no way of contacting them. So we checked in and we went upstairs to our beautiful room, room 808, 
and we had a two-hour nap. That was quite refreshing. So after the nap, we decided to tour around where we were a little bit more to see what was going on. So we walked around. We really couldn't determine where we were going to eat dinner. So we did what most North Americans do, you know, for a nice romantic dinner for two. We went to McDonald's, which was right across from the hotel. Interesting, large McDonald's, very large McDonald's, probably the largest I've seen in a long time. And again, the staff give you uh, sort of like a little numbering system you put on your table, and they'll bring the food to you, which we really appreciated. And I had number 99. So that was sort of symbolic in a way because one of the greatest hockey players out of Canada, Wayne Gretzky, wore number 99. So that sort of made me sort of bring back memories of home, even though I was far away. We did return to the hotel afterwards, and we decided to go to sleep, get some sleep, because the next day was going to be a busy one, because we had a lot of things planned. We had uh, on a, this would have been a Sunday morning, we had a hop-on, hop-off tour uh, of the city of uh, Amsterdam, plus an hour boat tour. However, my wife had uh, other plans as we were going to try to find trekking sticks. Because she had brought a cane with her, but she found that it was not, it was painful using, just say that, painful using. So uh, she had a friend back in Canada, researched it for her and found a place uh, that uh, said they stole them. And we were going to make our way to there first and pick up the trekking sticks. Kelly had identified that Solomon at Style Outlets, Amsterdam, which is located in Sugar City in Halfweg, uh, was the place to go and get these trekking sticks. So we planned it out in transit how to get there. It's to the west of Amsterdam, so we were able to take some trains there and get there. And when we actually got off the platform, we started walking. We weren't really sure where we were going. Um, we had no idea, but we decided, you know, my wife sort of had, she has a nose for sense of direction. So followed her. We asked a few people. Finally, they pointed to us that the outlet was just probably further north of where we were standing. There was a long driveway, walkway towards the mall. It's an outdoor mall, so we walked there, got there, and then checked the map and found, to our surprise, that Solomon was at the very end of the mall. So we walked there, walked inside, and the place was hopping. It was very busy. It was raining out that day, so it, it made for uh, not a, a good a good venture, but we had to do it anyways. So we talked to one of the sales staff, and uh, they said, you know, apologize that they did not have them, but we could order them online. My wife stated her situation. They were just visiting. If he maybe check another store to see if they had them. And he said, you know, look, I'm really too busy. I can't do that. Then my wife, Kelly, asked, uh, where where might I find these? And he suggests a store called Beaver, spelled B-E-V-E-R. So, again, you know, we walked out of the store empty-handed, made our way along back to the train station. Then we had to head into Amsterdam proper as we had 
a canal tour booked. I do believe it was at 2.30 that afternoon. So we got there. We went to Lover's Canal Tours. We were there a little early. So we went into this little building. They had a little, like, lounge, not lounge area, but a bar sort of restaurant type thing. And we both had a drink, and we had to use the washroom, which charged one euro to use the washroom, which is not bad. You know, I can understand that, you know. Pay for someone to clean it and keep the riffraff out, if I would say. But anyways, so then uh, we made our way on the canal tour. The only problem was is the rain and steamed up windows. We really didn't see much, so we listened to the tour. We got off. We Actually, while we were on the tour, we met a nice couple from Poland who are currently living in Dublin, Ireland, which is surprising that they would move from Poland there, but... Nice couple, and uh, then we got off the canal tour, and we did our hop-on, hop-off tour, as we do in every city we go to. And again, with the uh, rain and the steam on the windows, fog on the windows, whatever, we really didn't see much, but we had an idea of what we want to see once we return. When that tour was over, well, it was... Uh, just say it was an interesting day. We got dropped back off at uh, the Amsterdam station, and it's been a long day already. So we we decided to make our way back to Zandam, as uh, that the weather really wasn't cooperating for us. But when we got back to Zandam, the sun was shining. You know, there was blue skies, clouds all the way around us in a circle, but we were like under a dome. So we decided to freshen up a bit, and then we'd go see if we can find a place for dinner because we knew there were restaurants nearby. So, of course, we uh, asked locals when we went out where to go. They just pointed to the end of the street or into the pedestrian bath. Really weren't sure, but we were walking down the street and appeared through an alley, and I could see Domino's Pizza at the end of the alley. So my wife and I sort of we got a light bulb moment where we said, Let's go down the alley and see what where it leads to. So we walked down the alley, came out, and it was more of a, a local street with uh, vehicle traffic and pedestrians. And we walked down to where the road curves, and then there was an indoor mall. There was a lot of people standing just outside the doors of the mall, and I think they were all smokers, but that's what they were doing. Once we got into the mall, I recognized it as I watched a lot of YouTube videos before we left, and I knew that if we crossed away, went up the stairs, and out, that's where the restaurants were. I was correct. We did that, and it opened out to a huge area with different restaurants and pubs. And it was lively already. This was eight thirty, nine o'clock. It was lively already with uh, people spilling out from the uh, bar, uh, music going, people having a good time. Uh, and it was, the area was called The Dam. We had seen the, it looked like a Mexican-style restaurant that we thought about trying out, but it looked like it was closed, so we walked a little further, and we found a place called the Mail Company Grand Cafe. It looked quaint and uh, very inviting, so we decided yes, we were going to have dinner there. So we went inside. They seated us at uh, a table that was both, give us a chance to enjoy the inside of the restaurant, but close enough we can see the hustle and bustle that was happening outside the restaurant in the uh, pedestrian street area. Well, I shouldn't say pedestrian, because we did see some cars there making 
different types of deliveries uh, to the various restaurants. We had a very good dinner there. I, I had a simple burger with fries, but to my delight, they also sent the fries with a little tube of mayonnaise. And, of course, I had my favorite bottle of Pepsi. So that was my dinner. I forget what my wife had. It was very Hers was more interesting than mine. Mine was more just eat and go, basically, uh, something to fill the tummy until breakfast the next day. As we came out of the finished our lovely meal and came out of the restaurant, the party was still going on. There was a lot more people there, and the crowds were one this round as one bar was just massive. They were outside, they were dancing, they were singing, they were laughing, having a good old time. And then we made ourselves our way back to the pedestrian area, and it was so quiet, it's hard to believe that just a block away, there was like a the party of the century was happening. And on this pedestrian way, it was very, very quiet. It was a long walk because it was at the end of the pedestrian way, all the way back to where the hotel was. And more so for my wife, who, as I said, had mobility challenges. And uh, she was still using that um, that cane, that the fold-up cane that really didn't support her. But we did make our way back uh, to the hotel. And we decided that uh, we were going to grab a coffee. And I think my wife was having a, a flavor coffee. I can't remember. But that was the worst coffee I ever had from McDonald's. Sorry, guys. McDonald's and Zandam. McDonald's and Zandam. That was the worst coffee ever. Um, and I swear to God, I've had coffee many, many, many different places. That was the worst. But anyways, it was time for bed and time for a new chapter. So I'm going to leave the uh, podcast here with day one in Zandam. Um, I want to just recap that what we did, we did, uh, you know, we were supposed to uh, supposed to go straight into Amsterdam, but we did a detour and went to, uh, went to Sugar City and looking at the style outlets looking at Solomon for walking sticks or trekking sticks they call them there we're given a reference to a place called beaver so we're going to try that tomorrow and see what uh, beaver has to say but for now it's uh it's a great night um it's a cloudy a bit but i don't see any rain so uh, hopefully tomorrow will be a good day Take care and thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of Passports and Postcards.